When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening and welcome to the Man on Football Show for this Thursday night. Uh, I'm Gav, you can see there, Shawnee and Keith are with me as well. A packed show ahead. Shawnee, how are you? Oh, good, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I'm not, not long home. F- fucking fro- nearly froze to death. <laughs> Down in Dublin Port waiting in a taxi? No, 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 it wasn't this time. It was just it was just really cold. Like, the temperatures really had to drop in the last few days. Jeez, I sound like me dad. Yeah. But, uh, oh yeah, <laughs> uh, cold, I'm home to the warmth now of my own place. So happy bleeding days. Yeah, it's, it's no matter we just get old now. The first thing to come out of my mouth, we see anyone is about the weather. No matter where you go, no. cold in it. You know that's all we do. Um, Loads of weather we're having, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just weather, weather, weather. It is gone cold. I was in the driving range tonight, and it was fucking Baltic. Uh, Keith, how are you? You're muted. There you go. Yeah. What did you do, Keith? It says guest has muted himself. He's had the break in himself. Park and show you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> now he's gone. He's just disappeared in us. Amazing. Um so um wait till Keith comes back and we find out how he is. I don't know what anyway, we'll do until Keith comes back. We'll yeah, talk, I know it's not a Liverpool podcast, but we'll give two minutes to Thiago's goal, will we? Oh my god! Um, it doesn't bounce. I don't give a shit what anyone says. I haven't seen an angle con- um, conclusive enough to say it's bounced. I really haven't. Um, it's just an unbelievable strike. You were right behind it, though, weren't you? Hanfield Road end. Yeah, li- like li- I'm not joking. You like the only thing I will say, like obviously, fucking depth perception from that way. I didn't. I didn't realize it was so far out. I thought he's, it was just. I thought I literally. Man. Just, yeah, I'm literally thinking to myself, like, it's on the edge of the box, but as soon as he hits it, as soon as he hits it, you know what's going in. Because all you see is the net ripple as soon as you hit it. That's what I was thinking, like, I was going, Jesus, that's one of the best goals I've ever seen in my life in the flesh. And then I look back at the replays and I'm like, fucking hell, he's nearly 30 yards out. It was. It's ridiculous. When the ball actually goes in and comes back out, he's the deepest man for Liverpool. He just runs onto it. And hits it. And I don't know who gets out of his way, but it just, it doesn't, for me, it doesn't bounce. I think Keith is still um, muted there. I don't know what he's at to do. But um, Keith, you might want to just check your microphone and just check that you haven't muted it in some way. Because even when you've come back in there, you're still showing as muted. So um, it's the technique of though. I mean, like, it's, and you know what the mad thing is? He's hit loads of them since he signed, but they're all getting blocked. They're always getting blocked. But yesterday, that one just rockets in like it, it was. Pff, 
it's art, like, you know what I mean? You can put it to any blade and any Mozart music you want, and it goes, you know what I mean? It's just, it's proper, just pure technique, you know what I mean? And that's exactly what Tiago has, and it was exactly what we needed at that moment. And we won't get into it because, like I said, it's not a Liverpool podcast, but to be honest with you, I think when you're talking about football and that that happening last night, like, you have to give it a mention. It's, It's absolutely gorgeous. It was unbelievable. We may end. We we may have just end up just having this show with um, Keith just literally sitting in the in the in the background. Um, we have to get someone, draft someone in to like the do on the telly at night to do the sign language to get. We Keith will in. because it, it's shown here that he's in the get in in the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna remove him and um, he'll come back in in a minute and we will see if we can do anything. Uh, but turn around and he turn hasn't pressed off, the thing. He. Um, he hasn't pressed the thing. But um, it's 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 messing with him. It's because it's not even muted. He showed me a screenshot of a screen, and there it's not even showing as muted. So I don't know what's going on with him there. Um, but yeah, like <sighs> I've watched that I don't know how many times that goal, and just the way he hits it, it, it it goes down and it just rises. Then it's it's absolutely ridiculous, and I was delighted for him because um, you know. I thought he was brilliant against Arsenal at the weekend. He was brilliant um, last night as well. Yeah, he, he was, was the only one that was. He was the only one who was on it from the, the start, really. Like that for me, because a lot of them looked like they were awful, but he was bang on the front. And to be honest with you, I've had so many opportunities to see Thiago now in the flesh. Like I, I went to Spain, Sweden in the Euros. He comes off the bench, doesn't do anything. Then I'm at the Burnley game and he only gets like five minutes. And then we are at the Brighton game and obviously he wasn't fit. So seeing him in full flow last night was an absolute joy to watch. The fella is honestly off the charts. Um, Red, Red Steve says um, <laughs> with regards to Keith he says uh, if he sorts it just mute him <laughs> if <he doesn't>, <laughs> <laughs> but um, if you're watching and you have subscribed fair play to you if you haven't subscribed hit the subscribe button if you haven't liked hit the like button and if you can share it as well um, Phil Casey wants to come on and talk about the Red Rifle of course that's in reference to um, Andy Young um, and the Red Blur on Monday night. Um, we're not talking any more about Red Blurs. We've loads to talk about, but Keith's absolutely wrecking this show for us. Uh, but we'll see if we can get it sorted. Um, Europa, fo- Europa League football tonight. I've seen somebody there mention something at the very, very start. Did um, we adopt any Europa League teams, no? Um, no, I don't think so. I don't think we did. But somebody says, um, Gareth Jericho says, um, Spore's still hilarious. And then I went and checked and they were beating 2-1 away at some team called yeah and Conte to be fair like very um, very upfront after the game very upfront after the game turns around says yeah obviously I I knew I had walked it out here but it's clear to me that sports aren't at a very high level he said so that's well it would show you know he has a job on there so Mm -hmm. um Keith, if you can hear us, um, the best thing to do is shut down your laptop and start it back up again because obviously something's blocking it there. I reckon it's another application on your laptop that's blocking it. So just shut down the laptop and come back to us. Um, and he has the link there, so it's all good. Yeah, look, I think um, with regards to spores, we'll get on to all our other stuff because we've loads to get through tonight. But with regards to spores, like, it's not going to change overnight for them, Shani. Like, no. and uh, I, a certain aspect of sports was like, are they even playing for this fella, Espirito Santo? And then part of what I'm looking at going, have they just not, are they just past it? That's, are, are they just, have they peaked and they're on the way back down? That, that's what I'm starting to think. Do you know what the thing is, Gav? For me, like, see when you play that type of football, 
you play with Poch and they did it for seasons and it's high energy. It's it's high energy, high energy, high energy. And look, you get away with that when there's big payoffs at the end of it, when you can turn around and say you have medals to show for it. But after years and years of that football and just not being able to grow over the line, it has to take its toll mentally. And that's why that that Champions League was huge for sports because that was a couple of times after going ask like close like and when you don't quite get over the line, players start to lose their hunger. And then you have Mourinho coming in. And look, he he alienates players like no other. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? He it's 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 just seemed to it's just bad luck for them. It's bad planning and bad luck, both a bit about it. And like you said, it's not like the they stopped playing for Nuno. It's like they never even started playing for him. You know what I mean? So, it, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I was thinking with Paratici going in there and the likes of Conte. Now, look, it might turn, but to be honest with you, Gav, I think they need to cut the head off the snake there and literally go again. Like, and when I mean go again, I'm talking a new spine. Get Kane out. Cash no, in I, 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 I nearly go there with you. And I know it's early days. In, in, no, in the... I, I'd even... See if anybody wanted Son, I'd honestly, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be building a team around any of them that are still there, and I would literally be maximising my assets and getting rid of them all, and literally saying we're going to go with the best players we can get, like the best young talent around Europe. We'll get, we'll give them the opportunity of coming in, playing the sports, playing Premier League football, paying up a little bit if you have to, because they do have money. I think they need a complete reset. I think what what Keith needs it's not a, a quit in and go back in. I think they need to hold the power button for ten seconds and and start again because I just think there's a hangover there well, from what's happened over the last four or five years and I think they do. But no matter who's managing them, they do need a reset. It's just for me when I look at it. Um, you know, when I looked at the team he even put out against, um, he won at the weekend. Who did he play at the weekend? You're not home. Uh, Leeds. Leeds. And I looked at the team they put out and I went, yeah, all right, Kane and more. And, thing. and then I'm looking at the back four and I'm saying, it's not great. And I'm looking at the midfield and I'm going, it's not great. And it's just, you no, know, it could be wrong. It could, it's very early in the day for, for Spores and Conte. But like what you're saying might make a bit of sense because he is a fella that would be quite happily rebuild the team, I think, if he gave him the money. Yeah. yeah, like, yeah he's, not, he's, not, he's not the sort of manager that comes in like Klopp. Right now, Klopp has rebuilt over four or five years. But if you notice, Klopp comes in and doesn't do anything in the January at Liverpool and goes through and then makes a couple of signings and builds it and builds it. You know, Conte would be quite happy to turn around and go, "Oh, you're selling two in January, and I can buy two. Great, and you're doing the same and three for three and in, in thing. Great. Yeah. I think he'd be well up for that, and that might make sense with regards to his appointment. Um, let me see. I'm trying to get key back in here. Um, I think there's like uh, the emotional hangover of the last four or five years for them players like it can't be easy going so close in the Premier League like I remember Jesus Christ he looks like he's had to be attacked by aliens now um, um, anyways I, I just think like when you look like, the, 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 the mentality of that sports team was on that question from that, that night away at Stamford Bridge when they completely just shit the bed 
in the league when they're going toe-to-toe with Leicester, and it's absolutely mental. I think there's about eight red cards in the game. It's literally carnage, and it just showed, like, pure head loss. You know what I mean? It was kind of like, these don't actually have the stomach for it when it comes to it. And then they go so they so they go so close in the Champions League. And when I say so close, I think like Ajax was the final. They didn't their approach to the final was mental. Their approach to the final was absolutely mental. And then the the wheels just come off then. And I just I don't think you, I don't think the players that were there, any of them that were there, are any good to them going forward. Obviously, you can make the argument with Son. You can't make an argument at all with Kane. He just doesn't want to fuck be there. You know what I mean? So. He needs to go. He needs to go. And I think if you were to say that shop son around Europe, even in Premier League, I, I'd say clubs would pay a handsome fee for him. Even though he's at twenty nine now, I do think that he's definitely decided. Like I'd, I'd have him. I think Jericho asked in the chat there, would I have him at Liverpool? Like without a thought, without a second thought. Of course, I've had. I'd have son at Liverpool. Like he's electric, but twenty nine. I won't touch him. What? I don't think they touch him at twenty nine. Not with the not with the way your front three are currently set at twenty nine, and you're looking at contract renewals. I I don't think they would. Um, no, I don't think they will. But I definitely have. Oh yeah, questions. I would as well. Right, if you're yeah. telling me you're selling the Rigi and bringing in Son, like fuck's sake. Yeah. Uh, MC wants to know Gavash, Shani. Well, you ask him yourself. How tall is he? He looks like a giant on Cop TV. Shani must be six. What? Six two, but Six I tell two. you what, fucking Alex is bigger than me. Yeah, he's a he's a unit. Like Alex he, is a big lad. He, I met him after the Brighton game, and he came over. I thought he was just going to pick me up and cuddle me in his arms. He was that fucking yeah, big. I was standing beside because I'm, 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 I'm only five five. Like I'm really small, but he's a fucking monster. That fella. He's a big lad. Yeah, I was standing beside him. First, no, like, I'm not often looking up at people. You know what I mean? I always looked at him and go, "You're playing high to you, but yeah, big lad." Um, Phil wants to know does he, can he come on um, I'll try to get John let me just try to get Keith because I don't have a four person set up on this Phil um, which I should really have but it's usually three or two people on but give Keith a minute and I'll see what we can do um, there was other stuff there as well um, oh, fans kicking off at Leicester um, I seen there as well in the Europa League tonight I did see something like that um, there we go uh, Declan Mackey just had that in as well Um I did see something about that. They were kicking off. They were trying to get through the barrier or between the, you know, the stewards and the cordon off area and stuff like that. I did see. Oh, the soldiers. Yeah, I did see. I did see one. Um, I did see one. One report saying that they were starting to nearly over overrun the police in the stadium. So we'd have to see what's going on there now. Is that that was in that was in Leicester, was it? Um, yeah, it was in Leicester. Yeah. Well, I won't do much for fucking England. Uh, World Cup helps if if there's another. More fan trouble at stadiums. To be fair, just give me. One. I'm just trying to get keyed in here, but he's not coming in. I can't get sound on the key at all. Just says he's in the, he's in the, um, in the lobby as 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 it would be called. Um, I don't know he's what. Being I don't know what's going on with him. Um, there's just no sound coming off him whatsoever, which is weird. Let me just let me just change. Um. Let me change this up here. Let me just see if he comes in. So uh, that's our teams. That's our teams for the for the for the week. Um, three defeats for International. Um, they were beaten three times. Um, kiss of death on them. Napoli lost to Inter, 
and Spartak in the Europa League. Dijon beat Auxerre, which was good. Cologne took a draw against Mainz. Elgin lost one and drew one. Wasn't bad. Cadiz, Shani, battled by Getafe. Four it's nil. not looking good for him. No, it's really not. Not. Good. not looking good at all. Um, Venlo got a win against uh, the Pro Evo version of Eindhoven. They got a win there. Uh, two draws for Coventry. They drew uh, away at Sheffield United and home to Birmingham. Atlant- Atlanta were beaten by New York City. Two goals in, I think. New Orleans lost one and won one. Um, I don't know what's going on with Keith. I genuinely don't. I'm I'm lost here because Please, you're on me. Plug your earphones out. And just go in after, go plug in after. Mic, plug your mic out and come back in. Yeah, plug your mic out. Just yeah. don't don't use your earphones. Just plug them out and just come back in on on your laptop mic. Plug everything out of the laptop and plug them back in and see what happens. And leave the chat as well. Let me see. Yeah, what we so. do. Hold did on. we get any wins now? Hold on, he's back there now. Yeah, well, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. There you go. You're an awful messer. I don't know what was going on there. Oh, you're an awful messer, though. Oh, uh, yeah. You can write off this oh. show. There's no even point in putting this show out now because Keith's wrecked it. So, Keith, um, international kiss of death. Just quickly. Yeah. Um, it's a real mixed bag. It's a real mixed bag. Uh, Venlo got a win. Cadiz battered. But, Sean, you, you think it's just looking bad there? Yeah, they, uh, they had a bit of um, did a bit of a Sheffield United season last year, like because their approach was different, and they were they found themselves in like the Europa League spots around Christmas. But I think they've just been found out now, and I think they kind of asked them villa themselves. They made way too many signings in the summer, and it's just not happening for them. They're in big trouble, I reckon. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's it's one of those where, like you said, you know they. They done so well um, last season, and now they're they're starting to struggle a bit. But you never know, you know. They just they st- the league is mad. The league is like the championship. Everybody beats everyone. Like yeah, but that's mint. what I'm saying. Just survive, and you get over that sec. That's second season is the hardest. You know what I mean? Um, the season that them them sort of seasons are the hard. You have a great one, that's great. But it's when it gets tough, if you can survive that, you usually you usually see teams kick on. You know, the sort of way and do well. Um, I think he, what went, went for them was the first year they were up gap. They weren't allowed to sign players over a row they had with Watford and they got a ba- transfer ban. So there was sort of like a siege mentality. And then they overlaid the pudding this summer like, by just buying too many players. And it just hasn't worked for them at all. Um, Keith, Mohamed Jogi's had a big go with you. He says, what does Keith expect wearing a Lucas Leiva jersey? How is he expecting that to work? Could have went for Ronaldinho, in fairness, but he yeah, decided yeah, to go yeah. for Lucas. So I think that's more on Mohammed than it is on me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Newell's old boys got a nice win last night. Um, yeah. Maxi Rodriguez scoring, 40 yeah. years old, yeah. comes on in the 67th minute, scores in the 68th. Yeah. That's the sort of carry-on we can get behind. Yeah, and Venlo winning against the Pro Evo version of Eindhoven really, really um, surprised me and, and made me happy. Um, yeah. I know, look, it's a mixed bag, but some some awful results like <laughs> international are fucking in shit since we said we liked them. Like, absolutely yeah. in shit since And uh, that could be like punishment. That's karma for waving them coffins. So they brought it on themselves. We shouldn't have, probably should have avoided them. Yeah, we probably should have. But um, look, what can we do? They're stuck with us now. They're actually, um, so, listen, uh, my call, this is fucking Phil Casey, this again. I'm going to bleed and burst him. He says, uh, I'd no, my call says, I'd no look. 
finding football in the world. So I said I'd give this a go because Phil is just telling everyone that this podcast is called Football in the World and it's clearly fucking not. Um, it's called, it's called Man on Football Show. But, um, oh, by the way, Mohammed Jogi, I meant to mention, um, we got, we got our new Fatback Forward intro today, didn't we? Yeah, like we it? did. Yeah, I do. Yeah, you like it? It's yeah, being yeah. sent off to Paul. Um, Paul is going to be uh, looking after the, putting the new music on it. Um, we're not going to stick with the old music. We're going to put some new stuff on it. Um, Mohammed, I reckon I'm going to get you to make me an intro for just every day of the week. So I'll just play them first thing in the morning because they put me in great form. Yeah, this one this one today arrived. And in fairness, he sent it to me. And I got it and I looked at it and that's the business. And I sent it to you and you were like, yeah, that's the business. And I was walking away, walking away, walking away. And then he messaged me going, I presume you don't like that intro about two hours later. And I was like, no, I really do like it. I forgot to message you back. So it's being sent to Paul. Paul's going to look after it and get it back to us ASAP. Paul actually is coming on on Monday. Me and Paul are going to do the show on Monday where we just go off on tangents for 40 minutes at nine o'clock on a Monday night. So check that out on Monday. Right, lads, um, we've delayed this as long as we can while Keith sorted himself. So on the show um, this evening, we've gone through our teams. We've had a quick look at them. That's what we're going to do. Just kind of a quick update. Mention one or two of them and move on. And um, ones to watch. There's two of them this week. They're both coming the same club who played in Europa League tonight. Actually, we're going to look at them and we're going to move on to our flashback segment, which of course is all about Zinedine Zidane. But um, first one up, um, one to watch is Keith. I'll let you introduce this man. Okay, yeah, it's uh, Florian Wirtz at um, Bayer Leverkusen and I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with this young flat at the moment. He's absolutely tearing the Bundesliga up. He's only 18. He's the Koi Havertz replacement at Leverkusen. They're not similar players. I, I compared him to Havertz when he first broke through just because he's an attacking midfielder. But Kieran Thorne, who'll be a regular on day trippers, I don't know if we've seen Kieran in here, was always says, no, no, the best comparison with Wirtz is Andreas Moller. And the more I thought about it and the more I watched him, I thought, yeah, that's a great show. He's very like Andy Muller. Andy Muller, Euro 96, yeah. Andy Muller? Yeah, the attacking oh, okay. midfielder. He's yeah. a great player. And um, Wirtz has a bit of that about him. Uh, I thought it was an interesting comparison. But this young fella is, this young fella is brilliant. Like He's only 18 and he's running the show for Leverkusen and an excellent Leverkusen team um, a young Leverkusen team with a lot of good qualities and the reason we were going to just do one to watch I was just going to go with Wirtz but I threw the second player in as well and it was more just to talk about the sort of the talent that's coming through there at the moment in in Leverkusen and the Bundesliga but this young fella um, he, he says the graphic shows four caps for Germany 10 goals in 45 games 18-year-old attacking midfielder and they're sort of building it around him at the moment but this fella is just he's one to watch but he's he's going to end up at Bayern Munich like a lot of these lads tend to do but Liverpool have shown interest in him uh, Chelsea I think have shown interest so every big club will be after this kid but um, yeah I thought he was one to have a little chat about I don't know what you think or what you've seen of him there lads I've, I've seen him play once I, I've seen him I've seen him once, so I I go first because this will be quick. I've seen him once playing away. He, he got two assists tonight, as the reclaimer says. Um, I've seen him playing away at Celtic in the Europa yeah. League, going back oh, a month ago, a little bit more than that. I um, really liked him. Really, really liked him. And it wasn't either you two that mentioned him. It might have been Kieran Thorne um, in another show we were doing, yeah. mentioned him. Or yeah, one, yeah, if someone mentioned him and I thought, I'll keep an eye out on him. And just <laughs> Leverkusen 
you know, I knew we played for Leverkusen and you were playing Celtic and I watched them. Really, really liked them. Um, I think it was Celtic I watched them again. But anyway, I've only seen them once, I'm going to be honest with you. Sean, you've seen him play and Keith says, like, everyone's going to be after him. For argument's sake, if if a Liverpool or whoever went in for him, where would he, where would he fit into these sites? He, he would literally be the perfect Bobby replacement for me. Yeah. Like, I... I People are, people are labeling him as a, a central attacking midfielder, but I think he's going to end up a striker. I think he's going to end up an out and out striker, to be honest with you. Um, he reminds me, like, Andy Muller has a great shout, but I think there's a bit of Aguero about him. He's fat, he, like, he's such a lethal finisher. That's why I think he's just going to get closer to the goal, the older he gets and more he feels out, because he is only a young player, he's still sort of developing, like, you know what I mean? The German under twenty one team, they won some they won a tournament in the in the summer and he was leading the line for them and he was just banging in goals at a mental race, him and that Adi Amy lad both there at the moment and he was the one who stood out and he just seems to be another one now of the conveyor belt of talent that Leva kills and seemed to have rolling on. I think I hope Keith's wrong though, because I think a lot of these players now are they're more inclined to get away from Germany, I think, to uh, to kind of forward themselves. Like, you look at Havertz and you look at Werner. So, I do think they see themselves more viable options to play in Europe. Because, look, to be honest with you, they probably earn more money playing outside. Like, Bayern are famous. Their opening contracts aren't great, but if you, if you hit it off there, that's when they really pay you. So, I can't see him staying there for long. I think he'll be gone, gone soon. And, like he said, there's loads of there's loads of really, really good players at Leverkusen at the moment. If your man Tab Sauber, who I know a lot of clubs are after, and the one who's impressed me the most this season was the that young lad Frimpong. I think yeah. he's he's different gravy. Frimpong yeah. is the is the man that was at um He was at Celtic. Yeah, he was at Celtic. City. He was at City as well, wasn't he? He was yeah. he came through the youth at City and he was he permanently at Celtic? Yeah. He was, yeah, he and was, then, and then went yeah. to Leverkusen. I was, I was surprised Celtic let him go. And he's flying. Yeah, any time, any time I seen him at Celtic, he was decent. Um, yeah, he's a good player, quick. Yeah, it's it's interesting though, you know, like as soon as you see a player like this, um, like for it's, it's straight away he's gonna go to Bayern Munich. Like I think I read up earlier he was with Cologne, um, from his very young days, you know, from the yeah. age of fucking eight, and then they took, um. Leverkusen take him in 2020 and, and like you see there he's, he's had caps for, for Germany and he's 10 goals and 45 and 18 year olds like is mad like you know what I mean and, and people say oh well this fella done this and this 18 years of age playing the top league um, as a midfielder getting 10 and 45 is, is brilliant like do you know what I mean um, I'm going to watch a good bit more of him because he sounds like the sort of player that excites and he's he's not just one of these you know he's an out and out striker and he just bangs in goals just I like players a bit more too. There's a bit of Podolski about him as well. At the same time, like he's, he's. I genuinely think he's one of these players that all he needs to do is make sure he finds himself at a club where he's with the right coach, because he could kind of, he could end up in a club where, fucking, for example, look at Bobby with Rogers. Like when Brendan Rogers didn't know what to do with Firmino, played him left wing. Yeah, and then club come in and just undersold him straight away. You know what I mean? Tried to rewrite the book with him, Rogers did. So, wherever he ends up, I just think he needs to have the right coach who can just literally just... He, he needs to kind of figure out what he's going to be. Similar yeah. to Havertz now for me. Mm-hmm. I think even though Havertz is really 
kicking on the, like since Champions League. They kind of need to nail down one position because I don't think there's really much room for Swiss Army knives anymore in football. Like you've got to be like it's not about being a jack of all trades. It's master of one now or none. It's for sort of for me because. These tactical setups are so rigid that I just think he needs to f- figure out exactly uh, what he wants to be. And I, I do genuinely see him being like an out and out goal scorer. Yeah, very shout out on the Bobby comparison because he does, he, he presses very, very well from the front, even though he's not naturally a striker at the moment. I agree. I think he could end up as a forward. And what better place than the likes of Liverpool to go? Do you know what I mean? Bayern, he could go there and develop, but. I suppose that they'd have to nearly rip up what they have at the moment, you know, and you'd look for Thomas Muller to be retired and I'd be looking for Lewandowski to be moving on. He could get maybe stuck in a log jam there at the moment, but it would be interesting to see what his next move is. I was gonna I was gonna ask us both, like if taking Bayern out of it, or possibly like even a Dortmund, because you know Dortmund love signing young players and spending a few quid in them and then Churning them back out and for two, three, four times there, what he bought them for. But if if he was to leave Germany, you know, and I know you were all Liverpool fans, so you you kind of look at the Liverpool thing. But if there was two or three clubs where you go, yeah, he could go there and absolutely fly at that club. Who would he be, Shani, for you? Do you know where Gav? I think do you know where it'd be perfect for them now. I think Barca, and I think Barca are looking at they're looking at this. Um, sort of new wave now. Like I said, there's a reset button being hit there and I know that lot mad on that Addy Amy lad, but I do really think that Barca could be the perfect place for him because he's technically sound enough to play for Barca and he's exactly kind of what they need. Like, you know what I mean? He's very similar to Memphis, actually. Kind of one of these, is he more of an attacking midfielder or a striker? You know what I mean? So I think he could, that could be somewhere where he goes and I think Young players probably look at Barca now as an opportunity to kind of stamp a bit of authority because there's no real, there's no real like standouts in terms of senior players. There's a lot of good players coming through, so it'll be interesting to see. But I definitely think Barca. I wouldn't be surprised if City are looking at him. Either look, you know, look, this fella is good enough to go anywhere. Gav, in my opinion, genuinely, mm. Keith, for you. Yeah, look, I know it's the boring answer, but Liverpool um, would be ideal for, for me, for this young fella. And as Sean, he said, Barca is a good show because he has to go somewhere for a coach that will put faith in him. So, you know, someone that puts faith in youth, you think that's the that's the road Barca are going to go down with Xavi. So, yeah, Barca, Liverpool. Um, yeah, I don't think Dortmund are... Um, to go to Dortmund, I think he'd just be maybe prolonging a stay in Germany. You know, I don't think he needs to do that. I think he, he could move on, as he said about Havertz. Havertz, Havertz went to Chelsea and, and a bit of turmoil there, but he's starting to come into his own a bit now. I think if he went to Liverpool or Barca, he'd, he'd be flourishing rather than an Italian team who'd be more onus on the older type of players. You know, he could end up sinking if he went to Juventus or something like that. But um, yeah, I think Liverpool or, Bayern, or, Liverpool or Barca, sorry, be ideal. Yeah, he's an he's an interesting one, um, and and then we have then we have his mate, um, and uh, Shani, I'll let you introduce this fella. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, I, I'm not sure on the, the pronounced name of his name because it's a bit mad, but this is one I've only seen a couple of times now. And it just seems to be another gem that they've picked up. And there's a few on that back line like, that they have. And there's Tapsov yeah. and, and this fella. And he just... He has everything for a centre back for, for a nineteen year old centre back from what I've seen of him. How complete he already looks and I just don't know where they find these players, like you know what I mean? So to be honest with you, the, the couple of times I did see him, he doesn't it's not like he plays like he's raw. Like, you know, you see yeah. Saliba and even Tapsaba sometimes you look at him and think he's raw. Like even Kanate last night, you're thinking he's raw, like this kid looks really, really good. Like and Tough as nails, quality on the ball, pace the bone. Like, they're actually they're set now for a few years because at being only 19, I think he's going to be there for another few years considering he's literally just rocked up there. So, yeah, the one definitely I'll be keeping an eye on, Mark. Um, Keith, you want to say his name for us? Love a go. Piero Hinsapi. Um Look, this fella is brilliant. Um he played left full tonight against Celtic, I think, even though he's a centre-back. He's only 6'4", six, six or 6'1". Six but this fella, he's been described as the best young defender to come out of South America. Now, that gives off sort of Sebastian Cuates' vibes. Yeah, I remember that well. Hey, well listen, of... let me tell you something. Cuates has gone on to a great Lisbon. Yeah. Lisbon. Yeah. He's quality. Very good, very good. But this fella, um, the thing about this, Shawnee touched on it there, you know, Frim Pong, uh, Topsau, but if the other guy, Cossonu, uh, they paid about 30 million from Club Bruges, another centre back there. They've got um, Adley up front, Virts, they've got Paulinho, they've the Abbey, the amount of players that Leverkusen have, they're putting a lot of money and faith into their youth players. And this fella, I think, um, he captained Ecuador. I think it's the under 21 or the under 19 World Cup or something like Ecuador are the hipsters choice in South America at the moment you know if you're looking for a team to watch outside of Argentina and Brazil Ecuador are that and um, this fella is just he's a, he's a natural leader already he's only 19 it, as you know Sean he said you watch him a couple of times and he's he's composed he's not rash he's he looks like he could be a real talent going forward and they have a lot the uh, Ecuador's youth teams like they've got two lads went to Brighton and um, Moise Cachado and Sarmiento and then they've Gonzalo Plata at Lisbon now I think they're all shipped down alone but the young Ecuadorians are coming through and this fella as I said was the captain he looks like he's going to be an absolutely brilliant player a brilliant bargain for him um, Leverkusen because they've got good players it's trying to touch on top so but he came on tonight um, costing you this fella, you know, that's three young centre backs, they're only 20, 21, 19, something like that. And then you've Jonathan Ta, he's still there. I see Phil Casey was in the chat, one of Phil's mates, Jonathan Ta. Um, they've they've got the, the odd dude in there, all right. But this young fella, really look out for him if you don't know him. I'm not trying to be fancy by throwing this fella in here, but I just think he's one that's really another player he gets compared to, <laughs> Yeri Mina. 
you know, I don't know if that's, you know, he just has been compared to having that impact, even though Yerdy Mina took a long time to get to Everton. I'd like to think this fella's career will be a bit better than that. But um, really is one to watch and develop. He's going to be quality. And I think he's getting really rave reviews. He hasn't played that many games, something like eight games or something. He scored against Celtic, didn't he, in the first game? Yeah, he scored against Celtic. And he scored for Ecuador in the recent um, South American qualifiers. But really, this fella, if you're into South American defenders, this this young fella looks like he's the next great one to come off the line um, and really worth watching out for. Yeah, I think he's one definitely one to keep an eye on. I was reading up that he, he leaves Ecuador and he goes to, I think it's Argentina. Yeah, um, for, for, a, for a million. They pay is 50% of his contract out for a million quid. And what, yeah. is it within a year? Yeah. Who's not bringing him in for five and a half million? Yeah. yeah. It's, he's only 19, like, but he's yeah. so, like, he's so highly rated. He's only got a few Ecuador caps, but he's already sort of leader to their defence. They were something like toward, toward in the South American qualifying in the last round of the games. You know, they're a really good team on the up. So, yeah, he's, he's played. He's, he's, played um, he's played seven qualifiers and five in the Copa. Yeah. So, so um, like a nineteen and and like you said, you do get this every so often. You know, this central defender coming out of Bra- out of Brazil or Argentina or Ecuador or anywhere in South America, yeah. and you hear it quite a lot. And then you go, "What happened to him?" You know. So he he will be one to keep an eye on and. Like you said, Leverkusen are putting a lot of money into into the younger players, and and you know, but again, someone comes in there and says, "Look, there's twenty five million. He'll go." You know the sort of way that's how they work. But um, it'd be interesting to see where he ends up because, like you said, anyone in Germany that shows any potential whatsoever, Bayern Munich just come in and take them. Yeah. Like like they went and they took Uber Meccano and they've done it in the past with with Lewandowski with with Go Goethe. You know, they, they just do it all yeah. the time. Um, but I, I hope I hope you're yeah Goretzka. I hope you're right, though, Keith. I hope players are starting to look and go. Do you know what? It's just another team in Germany. You know, especially non-German players, you yeah. know, where they turn around and go, well, I can go to England or I can go to Spain or I can go to Italy or I can go to PSG or wherever it might be, something different. It's another country to go to and, and another challenge for them. And, and if he's as good as, you know, you you think he is, um, you're probably looking at possibly another year there and somebody will come in and go, bang, I'm going to put my faith in them. But it is about, yeah. when we look at these players that want to watch, all of them kind of need the right manager, as Sean, he says, don't he, where... They're gonna back them. They're not just gonna like if City came in and went, "There's thirty million for him." You know, they, they've they'd have no problem bringing him in for thirty million and going. Well, if he doesn't really walk, he doesn't walk. What's thirty fucking million to them? Yeah. Whereas if an Arsenal done it, or you know, if anyone done it, like not only just in England or in Spain, you know, if a maybe an Atletico done it or whoever it might be, a Valencia. Or, it's, well, again, talking about these two lads, like. These are probably the type of players that Newcastle are going to be looking at. Yeah. Yeah. They should be. Because they'll have the money to buy them, first of all, and then they'll have the money to offer them big wages. You know what I mean? And they build teams around these sort of players. You know what I mean? Now, obviously, you need experience, but I'd imagine these would be two players that Newcastle will be looking at going, we can steal a match here and and get these two in. Guarantee them that they're going to be playing every week, where whatever, whenever they go, and that part of something big and look you know look money talks doesn't it so just oh Ralph Rangnick at Manchester United could be a, an influence as well there if they change their tact and look for a different transfer I just made aware that Ralph Rangnick is not actually going to be a director of football 
So just a consultant. A consultant. So I don't know. Like it. So Ralph Lanyak is got is is that confirmed? Ralph Lanyak to United. Yeah, yeah, more or less. More yeah. or less. Yeah. So he's coming in as an interim manager for six months. Well, yeah, they sort well they sort a full time manager, but he's not going to move to director of football. He's going to move to a, a, a full time consultant at Manchester United. Yeah, and apparently, yeah. like being a consultant, he can work with other clubs still in the same capacity. Yeah. Apparently, so I just had a little read up on it tonight that United don't want a director of football. Of course, football. they don't. So it's <laughs> the last thing they want. So I don't know. It, it's hard to see what what way that's going to go. Like obviously, he's coming in to steady the ship or whatever for. For six months, but I don't know. It's a weird one. I, I, if they told, if they were being out straight saying, "Yeah, he's going to be the director of football," and that's that, you'd say, "All right, well, that sounds like that." These fuckers are getting their eggs in a row, like you know what I mean. So let's see. Who knows? They could be. They could be using them as a as a way of an influence to get a permanent manager in. You know, and we we don't want the director of football. Where Ralph Lanyak is there as a consultant. And um, so then you'd have to start looking around as to who Ralph Ranyak would be similar to and who they might bring in apparently. But that's none of our business at the moment. Um, and, you know, God knows, he could do well for six months and he just go, here, do you want four years? Because that's the way they work. Uh, Luca Nets, left back 70 in Hertha Berlin, another young German league player, says, um, says yeah. Shawnee's son. We don't know Shawnee's son's real name. He just identifies as Shawnee Lawson's son so, um, if he tells me his ma's name then I might know his <laughs> name <laughs> <laughs> that's fair that's absolutely fair um, but look those two to watch um, both from Bayer Leverkusen and one thrown in there from um, from Hertha as well um, and yeah Let's let's see how they get on. Keep an eye on them. We'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye throughout the season on these players that we recommend and see how they're getting on. And we go from there. Um, so, Zinedine Zidane. Um, he was one of the first names that come up when we decided to do this show and this channel. And we look at players. And, and look, uh, the flashback every week won't be a player. It could be a tournament. It could be yeah. a moment of football. It could be some, it could be anything. If you have any suggestions, hit us up on Twitter by all means, and we keep them all and we try walk away on them. Um, I can't tell you what you're saying. Yeah, I was looking at the comments from last week's show and flicking through some of the suggestions people throwing in the chat, and I was literally found myself reading through stuff most of the day. Like you know what yeah. I mean? So keep it up because the stuff like yeah. that. I never heard of, and even for Andy Cheese was telling me one about this fella that played for, I think he was Austrian, and like literally the Nazi stopped him playing because he was so good, and he's regarded as one of the greatest footballers of all time, and I had a look into him, and it's it's absolutely mental, like some of the stuff that we haven't, yeah. I knew nothing about, you know what I mean? Because I, not without being an expert, I'd be someone who was, who does not, that I know everything about football. I'm just really interested in football. You know yeah, what I mean? Always read learning yeah. about stuff you don't know. It's yeah, so keep them coming because it's really, really interesting. Some of the stuff, and even if we don't go over it, I just love going through it myself. So yeah, keep throwing them in. Whether it's in the comments after this show, because obviously the comment is there, um, or or whether it's at Twitter. And I think if we reach, I think if it's 500 subscribers, I think we're allowed to have a community tab then on YouTube, which allows us to put um, questions up, like, what would you like us to speak about? And you can just directly answer to that. So it's another way of get, getting to us. But like I said, um, it, like, we've just happened to do Ronaldo and we're doing Zidane. It can be, it could be a, a period in time for a football club, which we're doing next week, by the way, um, or, or it could be a moment, if, 
a tournament it could be anything so just keep throwing them in because we just go oh yeah that's brilliant and we go and do it that's what it's all about and your suggestions will will drive this as well but um Zinedine Zidane as I said was one of the first names to come up when we decided to do this because he's just an outrageous footballer or was an outrageous footballer not a half decent manager as well to be paired around but we're going to concentrate on his football career and um Keith I'll come to you first because when we when we decided to talk about him, we do a little research and we, you know, who he played for, what he won, this when did this happen, when did that happen? Because at the end of the day, it's fifteen years since he played football. Um, yeah. and you know, you have to still go back and look at certain things, but you, you find yourself looking at YouTube compilations, Keith, and he's fucking outrageous, isn't he? Ah, uh, Zinedine Zidane was my favourite footballer when I was sort of a teenager and ahead of Ronaldo, ahead of Ronaldinho, Zidane was the one that I liked the most. And it was, it's wankery, I suppose, to say, but there's an artism about an artist in Zidane that you don't get with other players. Do you know what I mean? Like the, Ronaldo was pace and power and, and skill and everything else. And Ronaldinho was flicks and tricks. And, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo's power and heading and Messi does this and you know, But Zidane was like, everything was in slow motion. Even when it was going fast, it was in slow motion. And he was just... Uh, unbelievable talent. Kevo Sullivan said he's probably the best French player ahead of Platini. I think he's far and away the greatest ever French footballer. I think he's very underrated when you talk about the best footballers sort of of a generation. I think he gets gets overlooked a bit. But the, this fella was just, if we want to start back, you know, I remember the Euro 96 and he was playing for Bordeaux at the time. And um, there was a bit of hype going into that tournament. You know, this fella, Zidane, I think the Intertoto Cup was a thing. I think they won that. And they were in the Europa League, UEFA Cup final. Like, they were a good team, Bordeaux, back then. But France went into the Euros, hadn't qualified for USA 94. Yeah. Wasn't that the one where Cantona gives the ball away, was it? Um, no, it Ginola. was Ginola. Ginola. Ginola Sorry, Ginola. And Gerard Hewley was the manager and yeah. they never picked him again. Yeah. But so Ginola. they missed out on that. Who scored the goal for Bulgaria in that one? Um, Emil Kostadinov. I think it was. Right. Someone um, looked at Last minute job. Um, but look, he was, he, was a, he was a really talented player going into that stage. And when we talk about players, we done Ronaldo last week and we could talk about Messi and all. And these were, you know, Pele, Maradona. They were elite players when they were like 16, 17. Zidane starts off at Cannes and he moves to Bordeaux and he spends five years at Bordeaux. You know, he's a slow burner, but he, uh, the impact he has on all his teams. He plays roughly the same amount of appearances for Bordeaux as he does um, for Juventus and for Real Madrid. You know, he, he, he does have spells in his career where he splits them up. But he had this reputation at Euro 96 and he didn't live up to it. You know, they weren't great France as a team. They got to the semi-final, I think. But they, uh, they, they you know, he didn't stand out as this super talent. But then you fast forward to France 98. And the hype is real then. You know, he's gone to Juventus. Um, I think he's gone. Yeah, he went to Juventus after Euro 96. So he goes to Juventus and he settled in there. He's doing well in Serie A. So come 98, it's in France. The hype is there. Now, we touched on Ronaldo last week and what happened there. Um, but Zidane, the thing about Zidane is he's a big game player. He's probably the biggest of the big game players. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. when you think about it, 
he steps up and he scores in World Cup finals. He scores under pressure. He scores in semi finals. He's played at the tournament in 98. He's played at the tournament in 2006. He's played at the tournament, I think, in Euro 2000. He literally dinks a pen away off the wall. Yeah. In the World Cup final, he dinks against a pen away off the crossbar against Gianluigi Buffon. Like, <laughs> He's no messing. Tell me you have big bollocks without telling me you have yeah. big bollocks. Like, seriously. Exactly. Um, and it is, it's the epitome of, of nerve. You know, you, you look through his career in Euro, Euro 2000, I think, and he playing England and that 1-0 down. And then you get a free kick no, in the last No, it's Euro 2004. Was it 2004? Yeah, it's, it's the one where Rooney breaks through. Yeah. He gets two goals and under pressure. He scores the golden goal in the semi final of Euro 2000 to put them into the final. He's, he's just fucking every big um, game he plays. Champions League final, probably. The only the one, yeah, he's got one of the most iconic goals. Like, it's. We're going to go. the biggest the big game players for me. Like, the, Zidane is the player for me that when you read the quotes that other people have said about him, he's the one with the most poignant ones. Like, when. Alex Ferguson says, give me yeah. 10 pieces of wood and Zinedine Zidane will win the Champions League. And yeah. Marcel Desoye said, a quiet leader uh, only does speak, only speaks with the ball. And like, the fella was a master. The master is what I'd use to, to like, Ronaldo, you know, this fella is the master. This fella, like, six foot two, an absolute yeah. unit, which people yeah. don't realise he was a unit. But he, he literally went around the pitch like Fred Astaire, like a ballerina. Yeah, like, was. Was. That's it. The raging ball with ballet shoes. But, that, but yeah, that's the thing. Like, I, 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 whenever people talk about complete players and stuff like that, I don't think Zidane gets enough recognition. I agree with you, Keith. Like Stephen Mack says, if you haven't watched the 2008 film about Zidane, where the camera follows him for 90 minutes, you haven't lived. It's pure magical. So um, Stephen Mack, if you want to tell people where you can find out what it's called, it could be good just called Zizu or something like that. It's but, called um, Parkway. It's just called oh, yeah. a portrait of a legend. And it's literally, they play Villarreal. It's his last game at the Bernabeu. Uh, and it's basically the camera following him around and he's throwing shapes and the camera can't keep up with him. Like, it's... Yeah. Like, he, he has, I don't care what anybody says, the greatest force touch in the history yeah. of the game. Like... 100%. He, I, what foot was he? Uh, I think he was right-footed, was he, or was he left-footed? No, he was officially right-footed, but he could do it with anything. Like, Red Steve says he met him once um, for as long as it took to get his autograph, said he was an absolute unit. He could have been a boxer. Like, and, and like, you know, when you see midfield, like, when you talk about midfielders, right, because if you watch the Dan, he could take the ball deep, he'd drift left, he'd drift right, he'd play off the front, he'd go up front, he'd do fucking Played anything you want. He, he, anything he wanted. He played, a load of, he played a load of time off the left for Madrid. But when you see players like that, you think, you know, you look at a player and you go, you know what, he's so technically good, right? Or you see um, this midfielder has so much power and he gets in the box. He had it all. Like, he would literally be, like, if you if you think of it, you know, a quintessential technical footballer in midfield that could take a ball deep, you think of, like, say, Andrea Pirlo, right? He was so good at getting it. He, spatial awareness was amazing. His vision on the ball just to know where everything is was outstanding. He could move out of any situation and then he could hit a pass. And then you think of the likes of a Gerrard who could bomb from midfield. You know, Gerrard was technically good, don't get me wrong, but could bomb from midfield, had power, could just run over you, you know, get in the box, headers, volleys, wherever it might be. Zidane done both. He could yeah, literally take the ball anywhere on the pitch 
and do what he wanted, and then he could run over you because he was like a fucking, like, he was literally like a train running running down the pitch, and he could finish, he could head, he could do everything. It was he, he was an unbelievable footballer, like, and we go through his career in a minute. He was just talking ridiculous. about like another one going back to what players said about him. Roy Keane recently said in an interview, like you couldn't tackle him, you couldn't tackle him because you just bounce off him or you couldn't get near the ball. And what Roy Keane said he loved most about him was he was nasty. He said people didn't realise how nasty he was. Obviously, what happens, happens. But beforehand, he didn't realise how nasty he was, how much he loved the battle. And that was the thing with him. He was so hard, but so elegant at the same time. Like It's just, it's like poetry, watching the fella. That's the only way you could describe it. And again, we talked about compilations. The Zidane one, I think they're playing Portugal in Euro 2000. And the ball comes over the shoulder and... <laughs> He kills the ball dead, and before the ball hits the ground, he spins on it and comes inside. It's just, it's like there's one, there's one, there's one against Brazil in the 2006, 2006 World Cup, and it's outrageous. Like, oh, he has all the best players in the world doing handbreakers. Yeah, you haven't got a clue what's going on. Uh, <laughs> Stephen Mack makes a great point. He says the fellow headbutted somebody in the World Cup final and got zero flag for it because he was a dad. But we will, we go, we go through with him as as we, you know. As we, about Gav, he was one like, like you said, he had it all, but he was one paced and never looked like he was yeah. running quick. But players couldn't get near him. He only yeah. ever moved at one speed. Like, it wasn't like a change of direction or a drop of shawl or a, like a five-yard dash. Like, Kaka had that burst of pace that used to just take him away from players. It was just like, I don't know what it was. It was like he had all the time in the world on the ball, but at the same time, when he carried it, nobody could get near him. It, it, it was just like, it's a, he's an enigma. Like, and you look at the size yeah. of him and the way he moved and just... Look, as you say, Sean, you look at what every other good player said about him. Every other midfield player that, as you say, Roy Keane, you know, that loves a scrap. And it's not like he's licking his lips at Azadan, a fancy number 10. No way. Like, this fella was just bleeding ridiculous power, pace, but not the fastest, but just direct running. Had his own move, the little pirouette that he does on the ground. Yeah, where he just ran, ran the studs, all the studs from both feet, um, ran across. Unbelievable. Like just just looking at him and just going back, we throw this up again. His international career, right? Because he plays in three World Cups, um, ninety eight, two thousand two, two thousand six. Plays in three Euros, ninety six, two thousand, two thousand four. He actually retires from international football after Euro, Euro two thousand four. But I read up that um, there was a, a a mad amount of um retirement in the French squad, and they, um, they managed to get him back in. Thirty one goals and one hundred eight appearances. But the thing that stood like. The Euros, 96, nobody really remembers. I think France get knocked out at Anfield on penalties in 1996. It may be in the, in the, in the Czech Republic. Oh, Czech the Republic. Is it? No, the Czech Republic, um, I don't think it's the semis. I think it's earlier than that. It might be a quarter final at Anfield. Yeah, I think it's at Anfield they get beaten on, on penalties. Um, I had Italy in my head for some reason, but it, it could be the Czech Republic. Okay. Uh, 2000, he obviously wins it, um, the Euros. Um, and, you know, like the World Cups, 98, is his first one, and he scores two in the final. And we were talking about Ronaldo last week, and um, the final where Ronaldo just doesn't look right. Zidane just gets two goals, and he's like the hero of all of France, you know, that sort of way. But the thing that stood out for me was, whenever I watched him, he's a French player. He's he would be considered a fancy player to some. Um, you know, he's a number ten. He's he's 
he's got all the skills and stuff, but he was so tough. He wasn't the, he wasn't the sort of fella where you think, you know, oh, like you see in all the time, oh, this foreigner just falls all over the place. I, I can't ever remember Zinedine Zidane going down um, under a challenge, you know, or diving. Or, I, I genuinely can't. Um, he was just... No one's putting him on there on his arse. Keith, was he a bit of an old-style footballer? Uh, and what I mean by that is he was just like hard as fucking nails, but he was deadly at it. He was deadly at football. Well, I suppose it's, it's, a, it's a good, I suppose a good quote, like, because he's in an era when the game is changing and the more fancy players are maybe not as strong as he is. And, you know, he's, he's a number 10 and attacking midfielder, but the reality is he, he played everywhere across the middle. Uh, so maybe he is an, an old-fashioned um player that played with that steel that, that you don't see a lot of players. You know, the likes of Ronaldinho, right, think of his contemporaries around then. Ronaldinho, outrageous player. Kaka, outrageous player. And they didn't, they weren't easy to get off the ball, but they didn't have that sort of uh, steel that Zidane had. There's something about Zidane. You know, he grows up in Marseille, one of the roughest fucking cities you can grow up in. He's North African, Algerian descent. You know, he, he has to be tough from a young age. He's playing ball, he's he's learning the hard way and he carries that into his career and he has setbacks and he has knocks along the way. But he's just got this tunnel vision. And as his career goes on as a player and as a coach, like you can see he's very much focused on what he wants to do and he doesn't sort of go in. He doesn't really give a shit like what other people think of him and he doesn't get bogged down. He, he, the, the French thing you touched on didn't a load of them retired, wasn't that after was it Dominic? Was it Dominic was the, the coach and he's has an absolute stinker and they all go off and laden. Yeah, that's all yeah. Um, I think Lizarazu. Um there was a couple of them. I think these four or five big ones that after Euro two thousand and four they just Because wasn't he injured in O two and they got beaten by Senegal. And I think they rushed them back in, and by then it was too late. They were fucked. France were gone out of groups by the time you could even do anything. But you look at 98, you get sent off in the second game against Saudi Arabia, and I suppose it's the pressure is building, you know, to be the, the, the hometown hero of France. And he always, there was always that pressure of Albert Zidane. Do you know what I mean? And, and the, the, I think personally, right, the way his career ends is the most fitting way that his career could have ended. Do you know what I mean? He, he could have won the World Cup. What happened, it's iconic, you know, and that's not the right attitude with something like this. But I just think he played the game with that sort of red mist just there, waiting to bleed and come out. And his career is bookended with the World Cup in 98, an early red card, and then it, it ends sort of the same way. And he just had that style about him that not many other players had. And he's, he's but at the same time, he's a, he's an artist. Do you know what I mean? Like everything is in slow motion with him. And he's just, you could watch him all day. You watch compilations as a Dan, as we said about Ronaldo last week. This fella, it's just touch after touch. You know, everything they say, Dennis Bergkamp had and Dimitar Berbatov, you know, elite players that could control the balls. A Dan doing this, things coming over his shoulder at pace and he's taking them out of the air and as Sean he said spinning on them before they hit the ground he was outrageous outrageously good you could watch him all day he was and and, and Sean you like yeah, I'm going to bring up the main titles he has right and we talk about a few highlights so he wins the World Cup in 98 and you said to us last week that the 98 World Cup is probably one of your earliest memories in football um, when we were talking yeah. about Ronaldo so 
Zinedine Zidane getting 200 World Cup final. I think Petit gets the last one in that 3-0. Um, he wins the Euros in 2000. Um, that's when the golden goal was around. Um, that was in Holland, wasn't it? Um, it's like the winner, doesn't yeah, he? The um, he wins the Champions League. Um, we'll get on to that in a second. He wins one the Liga, two Serie A's and a Ballon d'Or. And just the 98 World Cup, Shani, because like, to score a goal in the World Cup is big. To score two in a final is fucking huge. Like. Yeah, in your own back garden. As yeah, well. yeah, yeah. When they were underdogs. Yeah. Like, he, he is, like, if you actually look into him as a character, like, he is mysterious. Like, you know, even as a manager, he managed Real Madrid and he has the ultimate success as a manager, but he's, still, like, very stoic. Like, you know what I mean? He's not, like, not expressive at all. Like, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's mental because his personality and his and his traits, like, couldn't be more different. But it was always kind of what stood to him and the way people looked up to him. But, like, out of everything he won, Gav, none of it impresses me as much as the 2000, the, the World Cup in Germany. None of it. Because yeah. he literally comes out of cold to start playing football again. Like, he's retired. He's not retired from international football. He's retired altogether, more or less. Like, he hadn't been playing football. And they pull him out of retirement. And he literally nearly wins the World Cup on his own. Yeah. And I'm not even saying... You can talk about individual performances, like, going far as back as time. My brothers will probably be listening to this. We were at a battle. I remember it to the day, exactly where it was and what he was doing. Uh, because in that World Cup, I wore a Brazil jersey because I was Ronaldinho mad. And that was supposed to be the Ronaldinho World Cup, right? That's what it was. It was supposed to be the Ronaldinho World Cup. But do yourself a favour, all right? If you do anything tonight before you go to bed, type into YouTube. It's on FIFA. It's on the, on the YouTube page. Don't watch the highlights. Watch the whole game. Watch yeah. the whole game. Honestly, it should be put up in the Louvre on the wall. Watch the whole game. The quarterfinal against Brazil in the World Cup. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely ridiculous what he's doing after coming out of retirement to three. I think some one of the stats was like that three of the last four Ballon d'Or winners were playing for Brazil. Like there was Kaka, Ronaldo, and Ronaldinho. Yeah. And uh, we are talking about Leiva kills nearly. One of their legends, say Roberto. Mm. <laughs> he's giving these fellas the <laughs> run around for 90 minutes. It's like he's playing futsal down on the local club. Yeah, he's, it's, on the ball. it's actually, he's, do you know what I always talk about? You know, forwards, we were talking about doing the night forwards when, the, when they're in front of goal, everything's going on. Jota, we were talking about Jota. And I was saying when, when they're in front of goal, these forwards, everything's in slow motion to them. You know, everything's going a million miles an hour, but to them, it's like, they can hear their heartbeat, you know, boom, 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 boom. And their heart is at a normal rate and they're just putting balls away. Zidane was like that. It didn't matter where he was on the pitch, what stadium he was in. They could be fucking throwing things at him. It did not matter to this man. He literally had yeah. that ball on a string as much as he wanted it. And, you know, like even when you look at um, like the 2006s, man, but when you look at even Real Madrid, you know, Real Madrid do the Galactical thing, the Beckhams and, you know, Figos and, and they go and Ronaldo's part of it. They, go, they do this whole um, Galactical thing. But he, for me, stands out above them all. 
um, during that time for me because he's just whoever comes he in the team it doesn't yes. matter it doesn't matter no, yeah, but but it doesn't matter who comes in the team. He just oh, you brought in a new centre midfielder. I'll just go out here and play on the left because I'll still do everything I need to do yeah. when I'm standing out here on the left, and I'll walk back and I'll help Roberto Carlos. But give it to me 20, 30, 50 or eighty yards from the opposition's goal, and I'll hurt them. And I'll, if I have to run fifty yards, I will. If I have to ping him fifty, I will. If I have to one two, if I have to dribble, I'll do anything that's needed because he was so fucking good. And he was. An, and you know what? One of my biggest regrets in football was not regret because it had nothing to do with me. But one of the he didn't come and play in England. I think he would have lit up the Premier League, and I mean. I'd love him to see him in the Premier League. We were talking about a time when Real, Real and Bar- like the La Liga was where you had to be and he was never going to leave the Galacticos and I get that but it's not even a question like you would have destroyed the Premier League. You would have absolutely destroyed the Premier League because there were all of these big, big rocks and I would have been bouncing off them like you know what I mean back in the the 90s and the 90s, they they wouldn't have had an for them physically. Like, you know what I mean? And that was always the thing you used to throw at players who played abroad. Oh, he'd be slapped up in the Premier League. Or no, he'd, go and he'd, he'd go to Stoke. Could he do a Stoke on a rainy night? And a rainy night wearing a pair of bleeding, welding boots and still yeah. make shite yeah. of anyone who was there. Was, like, the master, like, I'll just reiterate, the master, just watch that World Cup quarterfinal. Just watch it. Don't even worry. Like you don't, but the game before that, Spain, and he wins that game on his own as well. Like he literally drags that uh, French team well, to a World Cup. He literally couldn't have done more to have won that. I know it, it was unbelievable. Like I've looked One up of the best individual performances you'll ever see. He's um, yeah. I just looked up his full list of of um, achievements or, or accolades. Right, so he's he's Bordeaux's player of the year in ninety five, ninety six. He's three times footballer of the year in the country he plays in. Um, <laughs> No, sorry, 98 in France, 2001 in Italy, 2002 in France, right? He's a World Cup winner in 98. He wins the Euros in 2000. He wins um, a Champions League in 2002 at Real Madrid. He wins a, uh, a La Liga in 2003. He wins the Spanish Super Cup in 2002 and 2004. He wins uh, Serie A, Scudetto in 97 and 98. He wins the Italian Super Cup in 98. He wins the Intercontinental Cup uh, for Juventus in 96 and Real Madrid in 2002. He wins the Italian Super Cup in 98 and he wins the UEFA Super Cup in 96 and 2002. So he's done all that as well. Um, But just before we finish up on him, like we talk about the highlights. So we've talked about the two goals in 98. But the Champions League goal against Leverkusen, Keith, it goes down as one of the best goals in a final anyway. Yeah, and I suppose these things can take on an iconic sort of memory. When you look at it, the ball's dropping out of the sky and he swings a bit at it, left foot, boom, in. I had a picture of it on my wall when I was younger. And I was, when I was younger, like, I wasn't a kid, you know what I mean? 25 and I when it happened. I was, I was in the 20s. And I got sent this picture. <laughs> I got sent this photograph, a professional photograph job, you know what I mean? And it was yeah. just a man swinging the foot, you know what I mean? Pirouetting. And even that, it, it's just, it's perfection. Do you know what I mean? Like you can say what you want. It's it's a pure strike. It's, it's not an easy one to score. Do you know what I mean? Like if the ball's coming out of the sky like that and you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting and you just, the way he swivels on it and just hits it in, it's one of the best goals because it's, you have to judge a goal by what it means. Do you know what I mean? Like the context that it scored in. And 
that's a, another final winner for Zidane. Do you know what I mean? And to do that in the cha- his only Champions League final, you know, he plays in the Galacticos team and he's the, the daddy of the Galacticos, you know, make no bones about that. All them players knew who the boss was. Well, they weren't, they, they, I wouldn't say one of them fucked with Zinedine Zidane. No. And you had like some really, you know, Ronaldo goes there after 2002 and all, and they all know Zidane's the main man. But the goal, like that match, I remember that Champions League, you know, Leverkusen were a good team. They were a, they were a, a very, you know, a good, efficient German team, as you'd expect. But they had skill, they had graft as well. And um, Real go into it and he's the difference maker. And he's the difference maker in every big game he plays in for one way or the other. You know, it's always about Zidane. And that's that's what sets him apart from everyone else for me. Um, he scores that goal. He wins the Champions League. Do you know what I mean? Like he's, I'm surprised he hasn't played in more. That's the thing that I usually gets forgotten yeah. about that Galactico team, that Galactico area. They won't fuck all. Do you know what I mean? Like he wins the Champions League and what, one... Yeah, I, think, I think I think in his career, when you look at it, you know, he Italy are very prominent in the Champions League in the, from the mid nineties right up until probably two thousand and one, two thousand and two, yeah. and then you know Real Madrid are there and thereabouts. But then what happens is you see um, Milan are still about as we know, but the English club started to take a bit of dominance from probably to, from time Liverpool winning in two thousand and five. Yeah. The semi finalists all over the place, and I think. You know, it's in it's in a it's at a stage where Real Madrid win it in two thousand and two, don't he? Um, and I don't think they win it for another fucking. Did he win no, it for he about ten years, years yeah. or whatever? Um, and he just happens to be at that time where other countries and other leagues are are just getting stronger and stronger. In particular, um, England, because from about two thousand and three, four onwards, you could see the English clubs building to the point where. Will we have four English semi finalists? There was real talk of that, but you know, it's just it's just the way it goes with some players. Like I, I, I don't usually judge them on what the teams do. I just judge them on the player, and like that's why I keep saying I, I'd love to see Zidane turn up in England. The, the one highlight for me before I get to you, Sean, he, he scores a goal at the Bernabeu. Um, I don't know who it's against. I think it's Beckham that actually hits a raking ball at him. Yeah, I know the one. And it just comes over his left shoulder, and he just whacks it. Left yeah. foot, like a bleeding missile into the, yeah, into the far corner, bottom corner. And then there's another one against Deportivo La Coruña, where he, he goes left and right about three or four times. La Coruña players are falling all over the place. And then he doesn't try to call it, he just smashes it in the goal. Yeah. Um, and I, you just go, what a fucking player, you know. That was um, like a signature he had where he chopped inside and yeah. he, he literally just turned that ball to the light. Yeah. But, Going back to what he's won and his achievements, isn't it? It speaks volumes of how good he was. That for a player who won absolutely everything you could as a player, you probably think he underachieved because yeah. he should have won two European titles. He was good enough to win two European titles, two World Cups, multiple league champ- champions leagues. You know what I mean? So, not that like he wouldn't pass these fucking. These fellas now who watch and enjoy football by looking at PowerPoint presentations and Excel spreadsheets would think yeah. Zidane was not what an average player because if you look at his numbers and all of that, didn't compute, didn't translate into the qualities that he had and just how good he was. He was he was a general amongst generals at that at that in that Galacticos team and even the French teams that he played in were like the, the two thousand six France team's not even that good, to be honest <sighs> with you. Like, they're stinking the gaffer where every other competition they're in, like you know what I mean. Like, 
All the eye test is the one by Zidane. You just need to watch him and appreciate. I'm sure everyone has. Like one sticks to my mind, and I'll do what I did last week with the boys talking about Ronaldo. There's one where um, it's a Coldplay song. It's the scientist that the, is in the background, and it's just yeah. ten minutes of Zidane and that song, and it's it's poetry. That's the only way I can put it. Like it's li- like it's just. Yeah, breath is being taken away watching it. And it, every time I just go, yeah, just go, Jesus yeah. Christ. It, it's a soy of just, it, it was unbelievable. Like, you know what I mean? And when you watch Ronaldo last week, and it's funny how the yin and the yang, the way Ronaldo has the good guy ending and Zinan Sada has the opposite. He wins it in 98 and then he goes out as the villain in 2006. Like, but. Obviously, still the darling, he was still holding pictures up the next day. Like, he wasn't a national disgrace. And look, I mean, all the French, they were born in a riot. You know what I mean? You only yeah. have to give them an opportunity to give out. But even after um, what he did, he, he had nothing but, but respect for him. And I think, I think, yeah, when it gets to that, when it gets to when it gets to that 2006 final and, and you know, we get sent off, but when it comes out as the wise being sent off, people are going, oh, I'd have done the exact same. You know, like, don't get me wrong, if Matarazzi had to just stood on his foot and he just torn a loaf them, you go, what are you really? fucking at? Like, a bit like Beckham in 98. It goes deep on that because Matarazzi turned around and said to Zidane. Ah, he was making comments about his mother and Zidane sister. Zidane turned around and says, you can take me short after the game. And he said, I'd rather take her off your sister. And that was it. He yeah. just lost yeah, and, and like you see Beckham in 98. Like I remember Beckham in 98 flicks out at Simeone, actually, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And Simeone hits the deck, referee sends him off, and like the effigies are bleeding. I remember they had fucking everything yeah, Beckham exactly. on fucking swinging on nooses at, at, yeah. in, in football grounds. Like, whereas right. it, it comes out very quickly after that 2006 World Cup uh, final after Italy win it, that um, basically what's being said, and everyone is going, well, he was right, you know, um, and I'd have done the fucking same. And I think most people would have done the same. Be- beamed up onto the Champs-Élysées. Yeah. They had, a, they had a big image of him uh, saying, thank you, Zizio, like, mercy, Zizio. Yeah. After everything, like, you know what I mean? And yeah. Just... Watch your, watch your, before we finish up, though, um, A, where do you rank him um, in world terms? And B, what's your ultimate Zinedine Zidane memory. So Keith, I'll come to you first. I I, I rank I think he's probably in the top five of all time. I think he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I love old footballers, but does I'd struggle to put many ahead of him. Gav, I think he's the best French player of all time. I think he blows Platini out of water. Um I think what he does, he's a player, he was my favourite player, as I say, gone through my late teens and into my twenties. I'd have him top five. And it's the, the, the best moment. The, the World Cup final in 2006 is, is to me, and that's weird. It's his last game. He does a Penenka Pena one fucking Bill Fon in the World Cup final. You know, on the side of the bar. And you know what the last <laughs> thing about he that is? Off the underside. Yeah. He's heading back to his own goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. He, he literally hits, right. it, hits the bar, comes down, right? And everyone's like, no, oh, it wasn't in. And Zidane's just running off going, that's a goal. 
Yeah. End the fucking story. That is oh, a goal. And just like, just like a fuck just runs back. But you're probably right on the 2016 yeah. as being there. It is. And even the, the, the end and the head bump, and someone mentioned, I can't remember who was in the comment, you know, the sadness of seeing him walking past the World Cup. It's iconic at this yeah, stage. Yeah, probably one screen there. Yeah, it was, you know, it's an iconic picture. And to me, it was a fitting end to a player who, as I said, was just a red red mist waiting to go off, but was not just like... The mix of talent and red mist, I've never seen it before in a player. And uh, he's just, to me, one of the greatest of all time. And that's the 2006 final. Epitomised everything about Zidane for me. Okay, Shawnee, where do you rank him? What's your ultimate um, Zidane memory? Of all time, he's number three for me. He's the third great. He's by far and away the greatest midfield player I've ever played the game. By a mile. You could talk about second, but the second is closer to fourth than the RDM. Like that's he's by, by far and away the greatest midfield player I've ever seen. I have him in at number three behind Messi and Maradona. That's 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 how highly I rate him. Um, my favorite moment, not a moment, the game. It's that it's that it's that quarter final that I alluded to earlier. Like mesmerized as as a kid, this fourteen year old sitting down watching that. Like I'm going to watch that after this. But it's got. I'm not joking, you guys. It's it's like listen to the crowd every time he does something. That Ewan and there are and and uh, it's Clyde Hillsley who was on the. It's on the FIFA website. Yeah, it's on it's on the YouTube. It's literally on FIFA's YouTube. You can watch the whole game. The whole game. I've done it in the middle of lockdown. The very first lockdown, I was sitting there and the missus is going to me, you fucking all right? You're not even watching a final. That's a quarter final. Like, I was like, oh, no, like this this is the Zidane game. <laughs> and it's just like, what he was doing, Gavi, Ronaldinho and Kaka and all these boys and their heads in a spin and you're thinking, this is an outlet. This is an elderly who was at the tournament going for food. So do you ever get when you go, hey, listen, we need a body and a fella just show up with, with the boot bag and go, right, right, come on, and just run the show. like, And that was the 2006 World Cup. That's He's synonymous with me. Nobody cares that Italy won that. It, it yeah. was all about, like, Zidane turning up and being absolutely... He's player of the tournament, doesn't he? Yeah, player of the tournament. Yeah, he gets right? player of the tournament, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yoke wins the Ballon d'Or the year after when he shouldn't kind of out of kind of out of. It's the, it's kind of a token thing, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. I'm not, I'm not putting any other midfield on the history of the game ahead of him. And like I said, to me, he's only second to to Messi and Maradona, and that's not a slight. Like no, that's that's, that's, that's not a anyway. Look at the players I'm putting them ahead. Like he, he, he was absolutely. He was just majestic, honest to God. Like, and I don't think he's a bit of a unicorn. I don't think we'll ever see anyone like him out game because the game has just gone away from that. That's what someone if said you... earlier. They're being trained to be ro- robotic athletes. Like, um, yeah. uh, Kevin Sullivan um, said, he says, if you're picking the best 11 of the last 40 years, that's two and it's so far nine to go. We're not going to go down that route of just picking the best player every week because um, it, it caused murder. Um, and Stiffel Max says, again, watch that film about him if you love football because it's yeah. it's, it's absolutely brilliant. For me, um, I think he's right up there. I genuinely do. Like, you know, again, I go back to, you know, technical midfielders. They can play here. They can play there. You know, this fella is a really good DM, as you see today, or he's a good... You know, he's a good number eight or he's a good number 10. You just put this fella anywhere. 
Like genuinely anyway, like you you could literally say to Zidane, listen, we're going to play a back four and we're just going to sit you in front of them and we're going to have two hard-working midfielders in front of that and you're just going to be a quarterback and he did it. Or he play left wing, right wing, he play off the front, he could play up, it didn't matter. But the thing about Zidane was he could hurt you so, so badly in, in so many different ways, whether it was running at you, turning you, you know, um, Ping and passes, shots, whatever it was. I, I agree with Shawnee. I think he's right, right up there. Um, definitely in midfield terms. Um, highlight for me, I think there's too many. Um, I genuinely, he's, do you ever watch these compilations and you think, oh, what a fucking goal? Or, you know, and, and you're kind of, Ronaldinho was kind of, how the fuck did he do that? When you watch the dance, he literally lulls you into this relaxation mode when you're watching them. Where you're sitting down trance. and he does something. Yeah, it's like a trance. And he does something and you go, fuck me. And then he does it again. And then you're kind of going, you just kind of sit back and, you know, your mouth kind of, your jaw kind of drops a bit. And you just stare. And you're not, part of the time you're not even watching what he's doing. You need to be looking through the screen because it's like, this is just phenomenal. He's an absolutely unbelievable footballer. Absolutely unbelievable footballer he was. And, and um It'll be a long time since you see the likes of him again. It, it really is because he was just so, so good. And I'm delighted we, we had a chat about him tonight. Um, what else have we got? Oh, yeah. Um, just before we go, um, so people are asking, can you, where can we get this? Where can we get that? For the, for the foreseeable, we're going to put this show out on the Day Trippers, um, audio feed so people can find it handy enough there. And then we will end up going exclusively onto the Man on Football show audio feed, which will, as you can see there on the screen, you can get it on Spotify. You can get it on your Apple podcast and all other podcasts as well, whether it's, um, you know, Android based or whatever. Type in Man on Football show, Man on exclamation mark football show, and you will find it on, um, all those platforms. So make sure to go in there, like it. Um, rate it, give us a five star review, whatever you can do when you go in there, and um, it will really, really help us out. Um, anything else before we go, lads? No, just go on and enjoy Zizzy. Go down a Zizzy rabbit hole and just watch hours and hours of uh, yeah, I'm gonna do that now. I'm gonna edit this. Well, I'll have this ready for 12 and I'll sit down for an hour to well, no, honestly, watch that game next week. And if you're telling me it was a waste of time, I'll revolute you all at Hannah. That's honestly. <laughs> The best thing I'm not pretending the two of you. I'm not putting the link in our little group there. And it's an article on Planet Football in June this year called a Forensic Analysis of Zizou's Amazing Performance versus Brazil in the 2006 World Cup. And yeah. that's an article this year that was wrote about an yeah. iconic... Honestly, performance. it's... One of the best individual performances you'll ever see. It's unbelievable. 30 seconds in, bursting through Brazilian bleeding players. Considering where he was, like this is a fella who was way past his prime at that stage. Yeah. Like it, it's literally the third last game of football he ever plays, and he's still at that level. And then like people saying, I remember he had like players remarking and all, like saying that he joining into training sessions, and he's he's still better than Modric and Cruz. And he's yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like it's just it's just, yeah. it's just it's just, it's just mad, mad stuff. Um, Red Steve said, do we just keep go- going or do we need to log out and back in for the wo- football in the world show? Um, <laughs> this is never going to go away, this football in the world stuff, is it? You might no, just have to rename it, Gav. Yeah. Uh, I'm not renaming it to football in the world. Simply am not Um, but we can, between us, whoever's watching, we can, we can have that, I don't know, internal joke that's called football in the world. Um, Dump, boom. I think that's about it. I think that's about it. Um, enjoy that, lads. Shawnee, um, next week, something different next week, haven't we? Yeah, it's uh, 
Am I allowed to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Like, yeah, Leeds, is it? Yeah, Leeds. The Royals Leeds. Yeah, Leeds. Leeds. yeah mad, mad. Like, it's weird that the things that stick in your head as a child, like Leeds is Champions League run and they never Viduka scored four Ellen Road against us remember, yeah. against Liverpool remember that like just Leeds always stick in my head because they they had a big following here in Ireland and I had friends who are Leeds fans and I actually a funny story about Leeds that I'll tell next week it's regarding a Liverpool fan and Robbie Fowler and the lengths he went to when he left for Leeds so I'll well, we'll tell it next week. It's actually a funny one, and I'm going to get him to tune in. He'll hear a fire father me in the chat. I actually still slag him over it to this day because you won't even believe this. Okay. Um, yeah. Now, next, next, next week on this show, which will be next Thursday, um, yeah, it is going to be about the rise and fall of Leeds, um, the Ridsdale years, I suppose, is what we could call it. But we have got, um, we have got Oscar from All Leeds TV coming on because I've been, um, reliably informed that he's like a rain man when it comes to Leeds United so he'd be able to remember every little bit that happened during that time of course Leeds went um, very close in Europe um, very close in league football and um, we're just spending hand over fist and then it all came crashing down when we're in the space of a couple of years but it's very they were so badly mismanaged I actually think my Harry Kill is still paying tax bleeding in England because Leeds I think they're still like Paying them at this stage. But the great story, really, what happened with Leeds and people that are younger may not really even know the story about it, but they were a fucking great team, a great team, and then it just went to show you. It's like what Icarus was it? He flew too close to the sun, got burned, and fell to fucking earth, and yeah. they had to fall. Well, we—that's what I'm saying. We're, we're trying to do different stuff every week, and uh, like, like it could be a player, it could be a, it could be a. a a club, a moment of football, like I said earlier, a tournament, wherever it might be, you know, like we could easily go back to 2006 now and talk about that World Cup because we could just talk about Zidane again, but that's what we're trying to do. So look, if you're, um, if you've hit the like button, absolutely brilliant. If you haven't, please do it on the way out. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so. Follow us on Twitter at Man on Footy Show. And like I said, throw all your suggestions in there or in the comments underneath here. And as I said, if we get to, I think it's 500 subs, if we get to that, we're able to open a community tab, which means we can interact a lot, an awful lot more with you. So, um, yeah, make sure you go and do that. I hope you've enjoyed it. Monday, um, Monday it's myself and Paul, and it's basically just a show where we go off on tangents for for forty five minutes, having great fun about football and mad stuff that goes on. Last Monday's was brilliant. Me and Keith were like talking about fucking one hundred and forty nine own goals as a protest, and it was all it was all going on. Um, so it was really good. Shawnee, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll see you next Thursday. Yes, you will definitely. And Keith, I'm just at the flicking on that article you're saying and. It's funny the, the direction I'm going. It's literally at the kickoff, the two boys looking at each other and just going, all right, bud, yeah. what's happening? Ronaldo and Zidane just smiling at each other and Zidane going, yeah, well, you're not fucking winning this one, you frick. I'm going to ruin the whole show. And it's just, just oh, class. we're going to watch the whole 90 again. We'll be yeah. like that tomorrow more, but we'll be all right. Okay. Uh, Stefan Mack wants us to do a show on Arrigo Saki. I'm sure Keith will be absolutely up for that. Keith, stick down yeah. your list because Keith is it's working. in the pipeline. Yeah, and Keith is working on some special shows as well where he's doing a lot of research for them, so they will be coming in the future. And again, well. get your suggestions in in the comments and yeah, share the, the bollocks with the lads because we're trying to get this going. It's a football thing at the end of the day. And look, like what Gav always says, whether there's 40 or 400 watching, it makes no odds. We're still going to talk the same amount of shit, but I think... I'm really enjoying but this. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of people in here that'll be Liverpool fans and come over from the day trippers and watch. But if like if your mates Arsenal or Chelsea or fucking Bayern Munich or Ajax or whatever it might be, just say to them, look, Leeds. 
Leeds, get on there, have a look. Um, and like you said, if you're in here, regardless of who you're supporting, throw suggestions in because A, we love talking about all sorts of different football. But B, if something really piques our interest, we like going and looking into it. Like, especially these two boys. Like, I do I do a lot of the technical side of stuff, but these two boys love reading shit and, like, absolutely bombard me with fucking YouTube videos to watch and stuff like that. So they're absolutely up for it. And, like, because we're doing them a week apart, we're able to, you know, take a week to actually really go and look at them and bring them to you on a tour. So, um, so there you go. Um, absolutely try it out. And like I said, as Sean, said, share it wherever you can. Like, subscribe and all that mess. And, and we'll see where we go. But listen, if it's 30, 40 people, I'm good with that. I'm sitting here having a cup of tea, talking to two mates about football. That'll do me. Yeah, exactly. Right, boys, that is it. Um, like I said, see us Monday. See you next Thursday. We'll talk about dirty, dirty lates, as someone has called them. And um, it'll be two of us plus Oscar next week. Talk to you in a bit. Over now. Sports Social Podcast Network.